الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين بشرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Respected elders, your brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our creator, our nourisher, our protector. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the final messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wasallam. I have a question for you today, and that is, how many people have been missing their friends? How many people have been missing their friends? It appears that one of the reasons that, inshallah, many of my young friends have been uh, wanting to go back to school in person and not online is so that they are able to see their friends again. Now, of course, they want to study as well, and I know there are those who, are, who have been missing uh, the opportunity to study in person with their teachers. Uh, but I think a major part of it is actually being able to uh, see friends again uh, in person. Um, because one of the things that many children and even adults have been missing is socialization. And with the easing of restrictions, we know that you know social activity has gradually increased over the last six months. But overall, it, it's not at pre-pandemic levels. So. You know, some people, depending on the family and their situation and their views, you know, some people may still be quite uh, careful uh, about, uh, you know, having people inside their home who are not part of their family or their household. Uh, others, maybe not so much. Perhaps we have been, you know, meeting outside, especially during the summer in parks uh, or in backyards, uh, you know, in outdoor places. Uh, but there's no doubt that uh, the level of socialization we had uh, before uh, the pandemic started uh, overall, it's not at the same level because of the existing uh, restrictions. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us human beings as social beings. Right? We need socialization. We are social beings. That's why, you know, we are part of families. And we crave, for the most part, most people, you know, uh, crave friends or, or uh, socialization to have someone to talk to, to spend time with, uh, you know, to meet uh, different people and to discuss different things and to play together, spend time together, do activities together. So generally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us as social beings and most people need to have some friends or at least some people to uh, socialize with. Now, regardless of whether, you know, we are uh, truly friends in person, because of course we know there are different types of friends. There are people who are, you know, your true friends, you have people who claim to be your friends, but then they're not really your friends when you really need them. Uh, there are people who become friends online. Uh, perhaps you've never even met them. And so in some instances, uh, you know, if those friendships are genuine, uh, it's great when you actually get to meet in person. You know, if that person is a good person uh, and, uh, you know, there's no danger to you and you've gotten to know them, uh, it can be a great thing. However, it can also be very risky as well because many times people portray themselves as something else online and in reality, there it's uh, it's a completely different reality to the point where 
you know, there's a great risk for children uh, online because sometimes there are people who pretend to be children their age, who pretend to have the same or similar interests, but in reality, it is someone very different behind the screen. It might be, you know, an adult, uh, an elder. It could be someone who's, a, you know, of a different gender in a different place. So people online may be completely misrepresenting who they actually are. So this also presents a great risk and a great danger, especially to young people. But the point is that regardless of whether we are truly friends in person, uh, you know, or you say it's your BFF, uh, BFL, you know, your besties, um, or your friends online, the point is that friends can have tremendous influence upon you. Your friends can have a tremendous, and often will have a tremendous influence upon you. If a person says that they grew up without any influence from anyone, you know, that likely won't be accurate. If a person says, no, I grew up and nobody influenced me, uh, I didn't socialize with anyone, yeah, I had some friends, but I didn't really care about them, you know, for, for most people, that would be an inaccurate statement. Because of course, you know, our parents, our siblings have an influence upon us. But as we grow up, we're not with our parents and our siblings all the time. Right? Yes, maybe during the pandemic, you have to have stayed with your parents and your siblings, you know, with your family. But the reality is, is that when we're growing up and through the course of life, we don't spend our entire lives with our parents and with our siblings. We interact with other people as well. And more often than not, a good portion of our life is spent with our friends. And even if the time that we spend with them isn't that much, okay, so maybe you know, you're someone who doesn't spend too, too much time with your friends. I know some people spend a lot of time with their friends. But maybe you're someone who doesn't really spend that much time. Just know that there is much to gain and to lose with our friends. right? So even if the time is, is not that much, the influence of that relationship, of that friendship, can be tremendous. The Prophet وسلم, has told us that The example, right, the parable of a good friend and a bad friend. So here the Prophet is telling us that you know, there's going to be different types of friends. There's going to be good friends, uh, right? There will be bad friendships, right? So there will be these types of people you know, these types of friendships that people will end up having. The Prophet ﷺ gave the example of the carrier of musk, right? So nice perfume. And a blacksmith. Blacksmith is a person who works with iron, right? Metal, makes things, you know, and by burning them, um, by making them hot. So works with fire and, uh, you know, and, and things that, that, you know, get burned, get black, there's smoke, there's fire. So the Prophet ﷺ said that the carrier of musk, will give you some, or you will buy some, or you will notice a good smell. Okay, so if you, the example of your friend is like the carrier of musk, like someone who carries perfume, deals in perfume, so what will happen? That they will give you some, or perhaps if they're not that close, they won't give you, but you will buy some from them, or at the very least, you will notice a good smell. So they don't give you any, they don't, you don't buy any from them, but you, you are in a good environment. It will smell nice, right? It will be a good uh, person to be around. But as for the blacksmith, right, because he's working with fire and smoke in that type of environment, he will burn your clothes or you will notice a bad smell. So either it will have an impact on you, meaning you will get burned, your clothes will get burned, or at the very least you will notice a bad smell. Right? So the environment that you're going to be in is going to be not so great. It's not going to be very pleasant. Now, of course, this is just to give an example. You know, there's nothing against blacksmiths. 
and uh, you know blacksmiths can be very honorable and good people. Uh, they can give you gifts as well. You know, this summer I had the opportunity to visit uh, Upper Canada Village, and uh, while at Upper, Upper Canada Village, there was actually a blacksmith uh, who was working there uh, as part of the village, um, as part of the experience. And he's a very friendly gentleman. Uh, you know, I tried to say salam. He was not Muslim or Arab, but you know, he said salam and tried to uh, welcome us, and uh, and even made a little, you know, a, a little hook. Uh, as a little gift and, and uh, gave it to us as well. So nothing against blacksmiths and they can give you gifts as well. But yes, the environment that blacksmith is working in, right? And this is of course just an example, is one of smoke and heat and fire and, and, and soup, you know, uh, which is, uh, you know, can get dirty and, and can cause damage. So the point is that if you keep around people who are into burning, right? What does burning signify? Causing damage, right? And destruction to people, to property, to the dignity of people, right, who are into uh, uh, you know disregard of the guidance of Subhanahu wa Taala and rules and regulations, they will end up hurting you too, right. So this is an example, right, to say that if you are around such people, if you have company, if you have friends that are into these types of things, right, into causing destruction, who have disregard, who cause uh, you know, uh, who, who who give off negativity or who are a negative influence in society, in the community, in the world, then you too will end up getting hurt, right? Either you will get hurt or if they smell bad, meaning in terms of their character, right? It is bad, their attitudes are bad, they are negative, they are toxic, then you too will get impacted, right? So the whole point here is that the type of environment we put ourselves in, the type of people we put ourselves around, they will have an impact on us. Right? And if they are negative, if the environment is negative, is toxic, uh, is smelly, then that will have an impact on us as well. Right? And of course, if the environment is positive, then the opposite impact will be there as well. And this happens all the time. We find you know, bad friends you know, uh, who are into doing bad things to others, and eventually at some point, that same happens to them. Right? You can find numerous examples. Maybe you can some, think of some in your own life as well, of people you dealt with or people that you knew. Um, that, you know, they were into doing things which were bad to others, right? They had bad character, they were doing things, uh, they were into doing things which were negative, which were wrong to others, but eventually they turn on themselves. Eventually it actually happened to them as well. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. At the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there was a man by the name of Uqba, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'id. And he was one of the chieftains, one of the chiefs of the mushrikeen of the polytheists in Mecca. And it was customary with him that whenever he would return after an expedition, he used to invite the noble, the nobility of the city to dinner. Right. So the noble individuals of the, of the, of the city, he would invite them to dinner. And he would also used to call upon the Prophet ﷺ frequently as well. When he presented food to the Prophet ﷺ, he said to him that I cannot eat your food until you proclaim that Allah is one and that no one can be associated with him in worship and that I am his Rasul. Right? Essentially until you declare the Shahada. So Uqba recited the Shahada and then the Prophet ﷺ ate the dinner according to his promise. Right? So he had promised him that if you know I'm not gonna eat until you declare the Shahada, you know. Uh, and so that was a condition that the Prophet ﷺ set. And uh, it is said that, you know, Uqba didn't like, you know, to have uh, any animosity or negativity. So, he, you know, he, he wanted the Prophet ﷺ to take part in his dinner. So he recited the shahada, he declared the shahada. Now, 
his friend, Ubay bin Khalf, he was one of the staunchest enemies of Islam and of the Prophet And he got word of this, that his friend, Uqba, had actually accepted Islam or had at least uh, you know, recited the Shahada. So he got word of this and he was enraged. He could not believe it. You know, how could my friend, because remember, he was one of the staunchest enemies of Islam and of the Prophet So he couldn't believe it that his friend, his close friend, Uqba, had actually done this, had actually said that you know he accepted uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and that uh, that Muhammad وسلم, was his messenger. So he couldn't believe that. So he came, Ubay came running to Uqba saying that have you turned away from the religion of your forefathers O Uqba? Have you actually done this? Have you turned away? So Uqba tried to defend himself by explaining that you know Muhammad وسلم, was an eminent person of the Quraysh you know, if he had returned without having his meal at his place, it would have been very degrading for Uqba. It would have, you know, he would have felt bad, it would have looked bad. So therefore, in order to please the Prophet ﷺ, he had just repeated that the sentence, meaning the words of the Shahada. Now, Ubayy ibn Khalaf did not accept this explanation. And he asked Uqba to do something uh, terrible, especially to anyone, but especially to the Prophet of Allah ﷺ, which was to go and to spit on the holy face of the Prophet ﷺ if he was truly ashamed about what he had done. Okay, so you can see um, that, of course, here the consequences and the action itself is, is terrible, very serious. But you can see how peer pressure works. Right, friend is upset. Now, how could you do this? Challenges a person. You know, we know that people exchange dares as well and take them very, very seriously. So it's something along those lines where he says, okay, if you really didn't really mean it, if you really felt feel bad about what you did. Because I'm so upset and this, this was wrong what you did. Uh, therefore, you go and you do this terrible act. Now, Uqba didn't want to lose his friend in Ubay. So he stood at the corner where the Prophet ﷺ was going to pass by. And it is said that he did what Ubay had wanted him to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala disgraced him in this world. And of course, he will be disgraced in the hereafter as well. But after he had done this evil action... The commentators of the Quran say, the Mufassirun say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about that day, that the day that the wrongdoer will bite at his hand, you know, will bite at his hand out of regret. And he will say that, oh, that I had taken a straight path with the messenger. At that point, he's going to regret that he had actually done this action. And even though he had expressed, you know, or testified to Islam, at least by tongue, you know, he had come this close, but yet it was the friend who had then led him astray from that, or the, the friend who had, you know, acted as a, a, uh, a source of uh, demotivation or a source of turning away from what he had already declared. Ya waylata laytani lam Ah, woe be to me, woe is me, was that I had never taken such a person, such a one for a friend. Right? So on that day, on the day of judgment, right, he will be regretting the fact that he had this friendship with this person. He will say that he led me astray from the Messenger of Allah after it had come to me. Right? After the message had come to me, after, sorry, from the message of Allah, 
He led me astray from the message of Allah after it had come to me. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, shaitan is but a disgracer, betrayer to man, to the human being, right, to the insan. So the message of Allah had come to him. He had declared it with his tongue. Yet because of his this, this wretched friend of his, right, this evil friend of his, because of this evil friendship, he, you know, that became a means for him to turn away from that which he had come to him. Meaning the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which he had even declared with his tongue. And he turned back on that simply because of peer pressure. Simply because of this friend that he had. The scholars of Quran who relate this story, they say that these verses are not limited to Uqba. It's not just limited to Uqba, right? And the, the, the point of the lessons and the stories that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, yes, many times they, are they, they were revealed for a specific incident, but there are lessons there to be learned. Right, for all of time. And here, right, the scholars say that it could apply to anyone who is influenced by bad friends. Anyone who is turned away from the truth, whose friends act as a barrier to reaching uh, goodness and to reaching the truth, right, that person will regret or could be regretting on the day of judgment that they had taken such friends. Right? Because in this world, we fall into pressure. We fall into following our friends and you know the pressures that are around us even for things many times unfortunately which are wrong right and during this moment in this world we seem like it's not a big deal or perhaps it seems like we're doing the right thing but on the day of judgment right on the day of judgment a person who has taken wrong decisions because of their friends who has taken wrong who has made wrong choices and taking wrong turns because of their friends they will be regretting that friendship on the day of judgment may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all now the story of Uqba may seem extreme, but that's exactly what negative peer pressure is, right? which comes from friends many times because the person wants to maintain good relations with their friends. right? You want to be part of that social circle, you want to be in, you want to be accepted, you don't want to be you know, made fun of or to be left out. right? So that pressure is immense, that pressure of trying to maintain friendships and relationships. And if a close friend you know, wants you to do something, and applies a bit of pressure, there's a good chance that you're going to end up doing it, right? That's just the way friendships work, right? If you're really good friends with someone, you're close to someone, and they put pressure upon you, right, to do something, and even if you don't want to do it, if they put a lot, you know, some pressure, especially if they put exerting, uh, you know, they start exerting a lot of pressure, there's a good chance you're going to end up doing it. And even if it's not direct peer pressure, what your friends are like and what they do will rub off on you in some way. Right? Because it's the environment that you're in, it's the things that you're exposed to, it's the type of things that you're hearing and that you're seeing, the types of things that they're sharing now, especially on social media. Right, So those things will have an impact on you, right? whether you like it or not. Your company, your environment will have an impact on you. Just as if a person is living in an extremely polluted place, right, where there is a lot of smog and a lot of pollution in the air, right, where the water is dirty and the air that they're breathing is dirty and the, you know, the vegetables that are growing, the fruits that are uh, growing in the environment are dirty, are tainted, right? That will have an impact on that person's health, right? Simply by virtue of them living and operating in that environment. So similarly, when we have bad company around us, right? When we lack positive company around us, then that too will have an impact on us, even if it's not direct. So the question is, if your friends, you know, are going somewhere and they pressure you to go, to go with them, are you able to say no, right? And even if there's no pressure, are you able to say no to your friends? Now, are you able to stand up for what you believe in and what you believe is right? 
or do you feel pressure either directly or indirectly to go along with your friends? Will your friends be respectful of your choices? Or will they make fun of your choices? Right? That's a question I always ask myself. That if a person who claims to be my friend cannot respect my choices and my beliefs, then they don't deserve to be my friend. They don't deserve to be my friend. Right? Because if they can't respect who I am, if they can't respect my choices, my preferences, and my beliefs, then why should I be their friend? Right? Why should I give them my friendship? If they're using bad language, you know, if they're backbiting about others, if they're gossiping about others, if they're involved in illicit relationships, if they're involved in consuming you know, illicit uh, substances, uh, watching things which are haram, you know, talking about things which are haram, there's a good chance that you're going to become a part of it too. Right? Even if they're not telling you to do it, but they're just doing it in your presence and you're hanging out with them and you're exposed to that and you're seeing them do it and you're, you are considering yourself to be their friends, then there's a good chance you'll also become a part of it as well. If not right away, then gradually. And it's not just for children, right? Adults too. We have, I mean, the this, this story of, uh, of Uqba uh, is, uh, is, of course, you know, a story which had to do with uh, adults, right? Uqba and Ubay were not children, right? That was peer pressure of adults. So adults are very much uh, you know, at risk of this as well, pressure from uh, co-workers, from your peers, from your relatives, from your friends, right? All of that is a reality. And uh, in some cases, you know, the corrupted beliefs and attitudes of friends has turned people into criminals, you know, even murderers, you know, and has also negatively influenced their faith as well, right? There's some very, very tragic stories, you know, of young people who are growing up, who in their childhood were, mashallah, you know, were good kids, uh, they weren't in trouble, and as they were growing up, especially as they're going through their teen years, especially when that big switch comes from middle school to high school, and as they're going through that those tumultuous years, well, they're tumultuous for, for, for most youth, uh, you know, a lot of things that are going on, they end up with the wrong crowd, right? They end up being taken advantage of even in some cases, right? Terrible crimes, even against their own family members, right? At the, due to the influence of their friends, Right? And of course, the Prophet ﷺ has told us that that a person is upon the deen, right? upon the religion, the path, the way of life of his close friend. So beware of whom you befriend. Beware, pay attention to who you are making your friends. Because whoever you're making your friends, you are giving them a pass. You are giving them a ticket to influence you. Okay, so you look at the types of people, pay attention, at who are you getting close to, who are you spending time with, because those are the people who you are most likely going to become like. Those are the people whose actions will rub off on you and you will start believing and acting like them as well. So this means that a person will be upon the same methodology, the same ideology, right? similar beliefs, way of life as their friend, the same path as their friend. So. Be very, very careful about whom you befriend. We also have the example of Abu Talib, the dear uncle of the Prophet wasallam, who helped him so much, who helped the Prophet wasallam tremendously, right? who protected him. He was a rock for him, essentially. Okay? The uncle of the Prophet wasallam, Abu Talib, right? Great man in terms of his contributions to protecting the Prophet ﷺ and helping the Prophet ﷺ. Yet, on his deathbed, 
The Prophet ﷺ found out that he was on his deathbed, that he was likely going to pass. Prophet ﷺ rushed there and out of, out of compassion, out of love, out of mercy, kindly encouraged him just to say, La ilaha illallah. Right? To accept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one and that he is the matter of Allah. Few words that could have changed his fate forever. SubhanAllah. Prophet ﷺ told us, Man qala la ilaha illallah dakhla al-jannah. Right? The person who says, La ilaha illallah entered to jannah. Right? So just a few words, you know, something that he would just have to say, seemingly very simple, but changes fate, you know, tremendous, like drastically in the hereafter. And so he pleaded with him, Ya Ammi, Qul la ilaha illallah, kalimatan ashadu laka biha indallah. You know, please. So he, he pleaded with him, Oh my uncle, say la ilaha illallah. You know, this is, so, but it was the pressure from his close friends. It was pressure from his close friends. Who? Abu Jahl, those type of friends. Right? Enemies of Islam that taunted him and alas he didn't accept. You know, that risk of doing something which will, you know, which will offend the friends. And, and, and leave you know, a, a, a legacy of this betrayal of friendship forever. That is what seemingly held back Abu Talib from reciting La ilaha illallah. And he died in that state without saying La ilaha illallah. So a, a, a terribly you know, sad state of affairs, a sad end for someone who had you know, done so much and had so much potential and was so close. But because of that, those relationships, because of that friendship, Mainly, right, we find that that acted as a barrier. Now, peer pressure, of course, can be positive too. So if you're friends, if you're acquaintances, if you have good company and they're doing something positive, mashallah, you know, they're praying on time, they have good manners, they're coming to the masjid, they're staying away from trouble. And mashallah, I've seen, you know, uh, young people like that. You know, I've seen, I witnessed myself. Mashallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless uh, all of our youngsters, all of our youth, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect them all. Uh, and you have seen, you know, young guys, MashaAllah, who are, you know, uh, they, they vowed themselves that Saturday mornings they're going to come to the masjid. Saturday mornings they're going to come to the masjid for Fajr. Now if a group of youth are coming to the masjid for Fajr on Saturday, what does that mean? It means that they're out of trouble on Friday night. Otherwise they wouldn't be coming to the masjid for Fajr. Uh, by themselves. Uh, willingly wanting to come. And then wanting to study something afterwards. You know, I've seen, I've seen young people like that in university, MashaAllah. You know, I'm sure there's many other examples as well. So if you make good friends, if you find good company, that can elevate a person. You know, they've been friends who came together at university and they all decided they, after they graduate, they want to go study Islam. And they all did that, mashallah. You know, so, and of course, uh, you know, you can find numerous examples, boys and girls as well. So if you find your good company and you, you are together, then that could be a great influence as well to do good things and to become a better person. So point is that if you have good friends, either they'll give you something beneficial either they'll give you something beneficial or you'll give something and they'll give you something or at the very least you're going to stay away from trouble even if you don't gain much at the very least you're going to stay away from trouble and if you have bad friends if you have evil friends you will get burned one way or the other and at the very least your character your faith your intellect your behavior your attitude will all look smell will all look and smell and feel that, right? Because if you're around people who, who you know who stink, and I don't mean physically any stink, you know, like whose character is bad, right? Whose behavior is bad, then you're going to start stinking as well, right? And same thing goes online as well, because you know, oftentimes we think of friends that are uh, any uh, that we have face-to-face -face contact with, 
but even online friends, right? If you are around bad people, right? And your, your friends are bad uh, online, you're following people who are into bad things, then your news feed is gonna be filled with bad things. Those are the alerts you're gonna be getting. Those are the notifications you're gonna be getting. You're gonna be seeing inappropriate and dirty comments and material and pictures and all types of things and thoughts. And that is going to influence you most likely, right? They will have an effect on you. So my brothers and sisters, a few things. So first of all, do an audit of your friends. Now, are they helping you become better, right? Your friends, the people you are around, are they helping you become better? Or are they the types of friends that are discourage you from doing good things? Right? Which type of people are you around? Do, you, do they encourage you? Just a simple question to answer for yourself. Do they encourage you to do good or do they encourage you to do bad? Right? Are they respectful, respectful of your beliefs or not? Secondly, when you get together, what do you do? What are the things that you do? What do you talk about? Are there things that people don't want to hear about, that you know you don't want people to hear about? Are you doing things that you know, are you doing things and talking about things that you don't want other people to know about? What are the things that they're involved in, right? Are these things that you're ashamed of telling others, especially for younger people, your parents, your teachers, right? Is it something that you're ashamed of that you don't want people to find out about? And I also think, how can you encourage your friends towards positive and good and clean things? Because sometimes within a group of friends, yes, maybe we'll, someone will have a bad idea. Someone will have an evil thought. No one's perfect. Right? But it's the job of good friends to help guide one another, to help support one another, right? to the best of their ability, to guide a person away from making wrong choices, right? to try to help them make the right choices. In the end, the most important question is, are you going to be happy that you had these friends in this life on the Day of Judgment? Or are you going to regret and be upset at them for all the trouble that they got you into when you were around them? Right? On the Day of Judgment, when you think of your friends on the Day of Judgment, are you going to be glad that they were your friends or are you going to be biting your hand and regret? Yeah, saying those type of words, regretting that you had taken someone as your friends. And for parents, you know, of course, try to have good company yourselves. Be on the lookout for changes in behavior, right? Pay attention to the types of friends that your child is hanging out with and be proactive before things get out of hand. Right? Whatever steps need to be taken. If something's not working, you need to fix it. What's the saying? If it's not broken, don't fix it. Okay, if it's fine, alhamdulillah. But if it's not working, keeping status quo is not going to help the situation. Right? So whether it's changing schools or neighborhoods or your social circle or whatever is possible, all options need to be on the table. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Amin ya rabbil alameen. InshaAllah, let's make dua. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. وإليك يرجع الأمر كله على نيته وسره اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم والله please bless us with good company and surround us with good people يا رب العالمين والله please protect us from evil company and evil companions يا رب العالمين والله please beautify our conduct our attitudes our beliefs with the beauty of إيمان يا رب العالمين والله please guide those or on the path of misguidance and harm, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, our youth, our children, adults, O Allah, whoever is on the path of misguidance, O Allah, please guide them to guidance, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, please cure all of our brothers and sisters of all types of illnesses, whether they're spiritual or physical or mental, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, please cure all of our brothers and sisters who are sick, who are physically sick, especially our elder sister who are suffering from illness and pain, our brother and sister who are suffering 
from long-term pain and injuries. All of those who are ill or at risk of becoming ill. We just heard about the mother of our dear brother Rahil, who is once again ill. Oh Allah, you are the protector and healer. Oh Allah, please grant them a speedy recovery, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect them and all of us from all types of illnesses and pain and suffering and grant them a state of peace, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, please grant relief to all of those who are in pain, all of those who are in grief, all of those who are facing stress and anxiety. Oh Allah, please replace all of these worries with happiness and peace and joy, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Allahumma fili jami'a mawtun muslimin, alladheena shahidu laka bil wahdaniyah walinabiyyika bil risala وماتوا على ذلك اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وعافهم واعف عنهم واكرم نزلهم ووسع مدخلهم واغسلهم بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقهم كما ينقى الثوب الابيض من الدنس اللهم انت ربنا لا اله الا انت خلقتنا ونحن عبيدك ونحن على عهدك ووعدك ما استطعنا نعوذ بك من شر ما صنعنا نبوء لك بنعمتك علينا ونبوء بذنوبنا فاغفر لنا إنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت اللهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من القاسرين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم إنا نسألك فعل الخيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين وأن تغفر لنا وترحمنا وإذا أردت فتنة في قوم فتوفنا غير مفتونين يا رب العالمين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم إنا نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار اللهم أزبغ علينا لباس الصحة والعافية واجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من شرور أنفسنا من سيئات أعمالنا اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من قلب لا يخشع ودعاء لا يسمع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن علم لا ينفع يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم أشف مرضانا اللهم أشفهم شفاء عاجلا كاملا من كل داء اللهم اغفر لنا والإخوان الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غل للذين أمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم اللهم حر المسجونين المظلومين خصوصا في بلاد المسلمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم ألف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحد صفوفهم وأصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم للحق يا رب العالمين اللهم أصلح حوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم حر الفلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظ وانصر إخواننا وقواتنا في كل مكان خصوصا في بورما وفي فلسطين وفي الصين وفي كشمير وفي الهند وسريلانكا وفي سوريا وفي العراق وفي اليمن وفي سومال وفي سودان وفي أفغانستان وفي باكستان وفي كل مكان اللهم انصر المستضعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح المضين يا رب العالمين 
صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين Brothers and sisters who are at home please go ahead and offer four rak'ah uh, or if you have registered for Friday prayer please come at your allotted time inshallah tonight uh, we'll be having a family game night at 7:45 p.m. everyone is welcome please do log on with your families uh, at 7:45 after salat al-maghrib inshallah at kanadamuslims.ca/live uh, you will be able to find the link there look forward to uh, seeing you inshallah jazakumullah khairan assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh